Welcome to Free Talk Live. You can call us tonight and add your thoughts. You can bring up whatever's on your mind to the show tonight at 855-450-FREE. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And we're with you seven nights a week. This is the live Sunday night edition. What show does that? What show <laughs> gives you seven nights a week of live programming? I don't know of another one, Mark. I, I can't, there probably aren't too many. We work really hard for our, our customers. And uh, we love it when you share your opinions with us, too. As I mentioned, the call-in number, 855-450-FREE. I do want to get right start, uh, started right away, Mark, on this story that's been all over the news recently for the past couple of days. It's very disturbing to me. It's got some racial overtones. It's a story about violence and uh, justice really not being served, I think. And it's the story, of course, of Trayvon Martin. Have you heard about this? Yes, it's a little uh, little boy, uh, black, who got shot dead. Yeah. Yeah, shot In the dead chest at for be- close Essentially range. being in the wrong neighborhood, it looked like. Yeah, so basically what happened with this story, uh, apparently there was a boy, 17-year-old boy, who was visiting his father in a gated community. I thought he was younger than that. Okay, so he's a 17-year-old young man. He, Yeah, he was right. I couldn't really call him a boy. You know, he's a young adult. He was visiting his father in this gated community, which is a predominantly white neighborhood, Mm -hmm. but this was a black family living there. Okay. And his parents are black and he's black. All right. And he had a younger brother. I I don't know how old his brother was, but maybe that's that was the detail about the age that we were wondering about. But anyway, so he went to the store. He was walking to a convenience store to get some candy for himself and his brother, and then apparently was walking back to his father's house. When this guy came out of nowhere, the captain of the Neighborhood Watch Mm -hmm. for this community. And now Neighborhood Watch, you know, a lot of people are probably hearing that and saying, oh, Neighborhood Watch, that's great. I I was on the Neighborhood Watch in uh, in a community that I was in for some some time, sure. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, I can't say that I never stopped anybody to talk to them. Yeah. You know, hey, what's going on? You know, where are you from? That kind of thing. Sure, sure. Yeah, nobody I mean, died in, in the uh, the course of my neighborhood watching, though I must say. <laughs> yeah, I know it's pretty shocking to think that a situation could escalate from zero to sixty, basically in just a few minutes. Where this this person is walking down the street, the the captain of the neighborhood watch, George Zimmerman, sees him, and somehow it goes from that to Trayvon being shot in the chest. And I don't know exactly what happened, but apparently the 911 calls have been released. But what this guy said, the shooter, George Zimmerman, was that he felt suspicious of Trayvon because, well, he didn't say this, but the undertone is mm-hmm. that it's because he was black. Well, I don't know if we can draw the conclusion, but I can see, you know, you know there are certainly some neighborhoods where uh, a black person would look out of place. There are neighborhoods where a white person would look out of place. Now, I don't think these things are, you know, necessarily right and certainly not the reason that a person should be ch- shot in the chest, but no I can way. see, you know, why a person that he's not familiar with seeing who might stick out um, in his neighborhood would be somebody he would want to talk to. However, I want to know how he went from Hey, how are you? Where are you? Where are you from? You know those kind of uh, you know sort of probing yet innocent questions to your like yeah the guns the guy. coming out yeah. I wonder if he even asked him those kind of probing questions to know. begin with. I mean, from what if the not, neighbors ha- he's have a criminal. said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so from what the neighbors said, this guy George Zimmerman was a loose cannon, and okay. he was he had some it anger issues. Like it, right? <laughs> it definitely sounds like it. Yeah. He had some anger issues. Uh, he had been known to have some altercations with other neighbors before, mm-hmm. but somehow he was in charge of the neighborhood watch. 
And, you know, well, I wonder... mostly it's because nobody wants to do it. I I would probably agree with that, yeah. I certainly don't want to be the t- neighborhood watch director, but if, if it can't... Well, I mean, think about it for a second. Uh, I mean, you know, what it's like to be the neighborhood watch director. You're going to go out 365 days out of the year and five, 365 days worth of nothing. And then there's going to be one time every <laughs> right. five years that you maybe you're going to find something that means something. You're probably going to harangue, um, you know, 15 or 20 people, young people walking down the side of the road yeah. um, at least this is what it was this would have been what it was like just from the reports i heard um, at my neighborhood well, watch but this this brings up the question of whether a neighborhood watch as an official organization is even necessary in all cases i mean like I think it could be run better and run worse in different neighborhoods yeah. some neighborhoods are quite safe because of their neighborhood watches because sure. they're run by you know people that are vigilant and understand how these things should be done this sounds like somebody who I, you know, I, I don't he know. was that looking for problem. an excuse to go off on someone. That's what it seemed like anyway. And, you know, when I think of a neighborhood watch, what I the picture that I have in my mind, I know it's often more official than this. But what I think of is a bunch of retirees walking their dogs. And, you know, if they see anything weird or people they don't recognize, you know, they just keep their eye out. That's and, the very best thing to have yeah. is to actually is to network with those folks, the people who take the walks and look at the neighborhood. Have and, nothing but time. <laughs> right. You take a look at, you know, those are the people. What you really want a neighborhood watch, the head of a neighborhood watch guy to do is to have, you know, the, the, the network of those people. Hey, you know, give here's my cell phone number. If you see something strange or interesting, give me a call. Yeah. Then you've got, you know, however many dozen eyes on the ground watching for things and then you can go out and take a look whenever that is you know that that's the case right yeah so i mean i i think a lot of people who are liberty-minded maybe think of a neighborhood watch as a great thing because it's presenting an alternative to the services so-called services Mm -hmm. that the state offers right if you're not happy with how the police handle situations you know maybe you can not not necessarily become a vigilante or anything because it seems sort of like this, what what this guy did in a negative sense, but mm-hmm. you could at least sort of offer a little bit of uh, chance for the community to come together and help take a more active role in their own safety instead of completely relying on the police. Where, as we know, they have no obligation to to answer nine one one calls if they have some reason for not not doing so. And they're well, often not that reliable with their services. And right? how fast they're going to get there and all these things. I, I think that, you know, the first line of defense really should be a neighborhood watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and sadly, when you have neighborhood watches, you know, one time out of 10,000 or 100,000, you're going to get somebody who I'm not going to say like this because I don't know what the, the, the situation was um, that happened with Mr. Zimmerman. But what it sounds like this is, I mean, you know, certainly there are some folks out there that want very badly to have been police officers and whatever reason they weren't qualified which you know if they can't make what appear to be relatively low standards for some police departments (laughs) out there if they can't have made those then it's really scary what you know why it is uh you know that, that they would be in charge of a neighborhood watch yeah and there's an important detail here that we haven't gotten to mention yet that is that George Zimmerman hasn't been charged. Okay. Yeah. He, he there were witnesses. There's an I I have a story here from an eyewitness boy who
who saw this happen. He's 13 years Where old. Where was this? What uh, state? It, it was in Florida. Now, state, the Florida has the new stand your ground law, okay. uh, which I believe has passed here in New Hampshire also, which is, is if you feel threatened, mm-hmm. then you're allowed to stand your ground. You do not have to retreat from a situation where you are being threatened. Wow. So I don't know what feel threatened versus threatened is. I mean, threatened means you've been threatened. Well, and that's- Feel threatened means you could, I'm standing next to a black man and they're scary. Like it could be anything. Exactly. I yeah. I mean, I, 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 frankly, I have felt threatened by the size of other individuals before. I mean, you know, that's, sure. that mean, does not to. mean I should be able to shoot them. Right. So. Exactly. And I think, you know, we really have to question what role the, the racism or maybe underlying prejudices might have played in this, you know, because I mean, it seems pretty straightforward. This, this person, Trayvon, was completely unarmed. He had he was carrying nothing except a bag of Skittles. Right. The 911 calls have been released and they you hear a shot and then a 17 year old boy begging for his life, says the family attorney. Then you hear a second shot. So it seems pretty blatant that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's a so horrifying. He like ended his suffering kind of thing. Yeah, Ugh. it's 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 uh, I can't even think of the words. I mean, I'm really scared that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if a man's begging for his life, it's difficult to imagine that same person being threatening enough to have merited a second shot. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's it. And if, how did it get to that point? Let's say he was being threatening towards the gentleman. I'm just trying to imagine what could have happened yeah. if he was being threatening toward threatening towards Mr. Zimmerman and then he was shot. What could he have done after the first shot while begging for his life, which was recorded by the 911 call, to have merited the second shot? And what are the you know what are the police doing here to to, to bring, serve justice to serve justice yeah it seems like not much 855-450 free how can justice be served for Trayvon's family give us a call this is free talk live On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. It's the Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you can call in with your thoughts. We've been discussing the shooting of Trayvon Martin. Terrible case of injustice that I think is really important to talk about. Well, we're not sure if it's injustice at this point, but it certainly has pretty a sure. <laughs> funny feel to it. Yeah. It doesn't look good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to imagine what could have occurred um, that would be, you know, that would, you know, we'll we'll get into it in a second. That Absolutely. Would have, would have caused this to be justice. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of stunned by it all. But uh, first, the state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you'd need a boat. And not just any boat, a life yacht. Life yacht's an idea for a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, and can grow at least some of its own food. It has a shallow draft to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or SUV on board and off onto shore, onto, say, a boat ramp or something like that. 
With a life yacht, you could be live free of nearly any government intrusion or taxes and have a seashore home anywhere in the world. You can be involved for $1,000 in the commitment of as little as eight months. To find out more, visit ericksoncouncil.com. It's ericksoncouncil.com. And you can see a, a banner at freetalklive.com. It's a picture of a, a, a sailboat with uh, the hydrofoil sails. ericksoncouncil.com. All right. Thanks, Mark. And, you know, if I were Trayvon's family, I might want to get away, too, from, <laughs> from the U.S. and all these crazy shooters that I don't my need son's this. life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it seems pretty. Bl- you were saying that maybe it's not so cut and dried. Like we don't really know what happened. It's, but it's, I, I hate to jump to conclusions, but I, I do too. But there's I'm a transcript to. of what happened, though. I mean, there's the nine one one calls that this this guy Zimmerman. You know, some confrontation happened. Apparently, then he called nine one one, and everything after that point, including the the shooting, the fatal shooting, was recorded on the nine one one calls, and the family was completely devastated to hear oh, what was I'm happening. Sure. You know, one thing I like, uh, it's been called, the camera's been called the new gun, is, you know, guns really are a cut and dry situation. Mm -hmm. If this guy would have pulled out a camera to, like, save for whatever reason, what was, whatever, whatever incident was going on with this young man, and Mm -hmm. I don't know, I have no idea what was going on, um, you know, if this guy could pull out a camera and begin recording his uh, situation with the young man rather than, you know, having pulled out a gun and shot him. I mean, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you got to pull out a gun and sometimes you got to shoot him. But chances are of that being very slim in most situations. Yeah. And especially with an unarmed 17 year old. Well, we don't you know, I don't know that he knew that he was unarmed. But what did he fire the second shot for while the guy was begging for his life is what I just don't understand. Often. With today's medicine, people can survive a gunshot wound. I was in prison with a guy who had five of them, um, wow. and you know, from one situation. It depends with the on police. where it is. Certainly, yeah. Sometimes a gunshot wound's fatal, mm-hmm. but you know, this guy had the opportunity to beg for his life. He he didn't die immediately, so he had the opportunity to beg for his life. They didn't find a weapon. The nine one one call recorded a young man begging for his life. What could that reason for that second shot have been? It just sounds like murder. Yeah, it, it sounds like somebody really who should was, never have been touching a gun. Absolutely. Someone who was looking for an excuse to fly off the handle, maybe had some problems of his own. And I, I want to read this eyewitness account, too. It's not just the 911 tapes, but there was actually somebody present who saw this. Uh, there's a boy, Austin McLendon. I don't mm-hmm. know how old. He's in eighth grade, so he's probably around 13 Plus years five, old. 13, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, Austin was standing less than 20 yards away from Martin when he was shot the night of February 26th. He didn't see much that night, but he says he can't shake the screams for help that he heard or the gun, the thunderclap of gunfire that nearly shook him from his shoes. He's been arguing with his siblings more than usual and saying that he's been angry at school. The teachers are saying he seems distracted and consumed at school. Hmm. So he's troubled by this. And I don't blame him. If you I saw bet. a fatal shooting... Yeah, this somebody is, is about your age and your your color. I mean, PTSD. Yeah, Austin is black. Also, uh, yes, okay. Austin is black. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, so two know, two apparently. Black, yeah. You know, the idea here is is that what we're led to believe this is a largely white neighborhood, and you know, I can see how somebody who's in charge of uh, neighborhood watch sees somebody who clearly doesn't belong in the neighborhood. But it, I, there's an awful lot of black people in this neighborhood to be an all white neighborhood, isn't there? Exactly. 
Exactly. And I don't know. And I, I mean, don't think you should just execute uh, somebody who happens to be a diff- slightly different eth- ethnicity that comes oh, no. in your neighborhood either. No, of I'm just, course not. Yeah. But I mean, I think that if there's any lesson we can draw from this, I mean, I don't know what honestly, I don't know what justice is going to be served by charging this guy and putting him in jail because everybody has to pay for it. The cops aren't even doing that. They're they're refusing right. to charge him right now. In, but you know, in old times, somebody a certain amount of cattle or pigs or sheep would have been required um, for a homicide. You're talking about restitution, right? Yeah, some kind. Of, you know, this is this yeah. is how things were done at one point. And now the suggestion is is that all of us uh, should have to bear the responsibility of paying for this person's incarceration to the tune of fifty to eighty thousand dollars a year, whatever it might be. Um, paying a, to punish the, him, this family, but punishing the the perpetrator doesn't do anything to give anything back to the family who's been really right. hurt by this right. situation. And I, I know that they could never completely be made whole for what has happened. You know, it, it's impossible to make up for losing a child. Sure. Anybody who's ever had children or not knows that, but at least they could make some attempt, you know, to do something for them rather than just punishing this guy, which doesn't do anybody really any good. Yeah, it doesn't really. I mean, you know, there's <laughs> and it seems like they're going the route of sort of trying to shame him because there's been a lot of news coverage and, and about this story in the media. It sounds pretty shameful. It does. And I bet you a lot of people who are reading these articles about the whole situation are thinking, oh, this guy, George Zimmerman, he's just such a bad person. You know, they're they're thinking really negative thoughts about him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Do you think that's going to rehabilitate him in any way? If he has a problem, is it going to help him deal with his anger issues? Is it going to prevent this from happening again? I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Public shaming is a pretty strong thing. I don't know. You know. It's, but to shame people into good behavior, it seems to me, doesn't doesn't work. I think sometimes I don't know. I think sometimes it certainly can work. I mean, you know, people people tend to to react to shame in in a manner where they begin you know be, behaving well. I don't know what motivated this guy to yeah. do what he did in the first place, and it sounds like he has some underlying issues. I don't know yeah. if they're racism or anger or what his. It uh, definitely seems like there was a racist undertone to this. It there it's a white guy and a black kid. Um, yeah. in it so actually I've seen a picture of Zimmerman and I don't know. I can't really tell because okay. race is kind of arbitrary anyway, right? But all right. He looks like he might be Hispanic. I don't. Zimmerman. I don't know if that makes know. a difference. Yeah, you never know. but it it doesn't really matter anyway. I mean, it it's just a tragedy. The, the and article I don't did really... say it was a largely white neighborhood. Right. Yeah, and that certainly contributes to it too, because I think that a lot of people have that idea that there might be some skepticism of, uh, the, them folks don't look like us, right? And that leads to fear, and fear leads to people pressing the panic button, right, and doing irrational things that they wouldn't normally do, especially when they're thinking of the the other person as not like me. Yeah. Right. Often it's uh, it's it's easier to wage war on the person on the other. Yeah, you know? and exactly. That's, you know, not the one like us. And I don't blame his family for going this route and trying to raise public awareness Apparently about they what happened. Justice out of the cops. Exactly. So let us know what you think. How could justice be served in this instance? It's eight, five, five, four, fifty free. We'll be back with more free talk live coming up. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Do you take away? 
call it democracy. Songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at CDBaby.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. We're glad to have you with us this evening. If you'd like to call us and bring up whatever's on your mind, we'd be happy to take your call at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And if you want to watch us live doing the show, you can always do that at cam.freetalklive.com. Mark's giving a little uh, beauty queen wave to the camera right now. Very elegant. (laughs) But if you want to see it, you'll have to tune in to cam.freetalklive.com. You can also hear up-to-the-minute audio of the show over there. And Mark, uh, did you have something you wanted to share with the audience first? That's right. If you're looking for, for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear... And you want to get it the best prices, and who doesn't want to get the best prices on name brands? ManVentureOutpost.com's uh, the one for you. They've got ammunition. You know, lots of people stocking up on ammunition right now. If you're stocking up on ammunition, mm. you want to get it the best price. You're going to need that when the big one comes. The, right? You never know, right? <laughs> it's true. It's a good thing to have around. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't kidding. And you know, twenty twenty two longs. Even I, if, if for whatever reason there's some kind of collapse and people seem to be uh, predicting such a thing. It'd be nice to be able to go out and get some meat, and uh, 22 yeah. long uh, rounds would probably be good for that. Uh, they've got knives, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got their family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and some prices are so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get an additional 5% off with coupon code F. FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live. And get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Uh, we've got a, uh, a link over there at Free Talk Live if you need to. It's F, coupon code FTL at manventureoutpost.com. All right, Mark. Well, something pretty disturbing happened yesterday. Yesterday was the six month anniversary of the start of the Occupy protests in New York City. And do you remember this when it happened? Uh, I guess it was... It seemed like it was longer than September. six months, but okay. Yeah, it seems like it's been longer to me, too. Um, and, you, you know, pretty much everybody thought that the winter was going to take care of Occupy. Yeah, but it didn't. Apparently uh, not. In a lot of places, they stuck around. And, you know, of course, it's probably more difficult in a place like Boston or New York City to hang out when it's snowing out. <laughs> this did happen to be a mild winter, winter perhaps, though. It was a mild winter. Perhaps God likes the Occupy movement. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of the... You know what they uh, say, Mark? All prayers are answered. Sometimes the answer is no. Right. Sometimes the answer is... (laughs) (laughs) The answer is uh, we, the last thing the United States needs is Rick Santorum. That's really what God's trying to say with this mild winner for Occupy. uh, How can you say something if you don't exist, really? uh. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, I've got this article here from the Huffington Post... Uh, talking about the Occupy six-month anniversary protest ending with Zuccotti Park arrests. There was a big crackdown. Dozens of police officers in New York cleared the park where the Occupy movement was born six months ago and made several arrests after hundreds of protesters returned in an anniversary observance and defiantly resisted calls to clear out. 
They defiantly resisted. Oh, they didn't move. They didn't jump when you said how high. <laughs> Defiance is not doing <laughs> I what I say things. when I say it, right? Yeah, exactly. Some demonstrators locked arms and sat down in the middle of Zuccotti Park near Wall Street after police announced on a bullhorn at around 11.30 p.m. Saturday that now, the Now, as I understand it, they've changed some of the rules at Zuccotti Park. It used to be, you know, like, okay to sleep there and stuff like that. Now mm-hmm. the new rules are no sleeping at Zuccotti Park. Yeah. And so things have changed. And that's essentially what they're trying to do to, uh, um, you know, stop but all this stuff. But people would still camp there, right? But they just wouldn't sleep, right? They would take these shifts or something like that. Something like that. Yep. Yeah, I think that's what I heard. Now they don't want any tents. They want no kind of structure or that kind of thing. So they've changed the rules in order to make the Occupy movement impossible. Um, yeah. Or less, you know, less easy to uh, to put f- to, to 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 put their uh, put forth what they want to put forth, and mm. you know, I, I I'm certainly not with everything that the Occupy movement has to say. And I feel that uh, they're, you know, maybe could have uh, prosecuted their 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 situation better than um, than they have, but at the same time. You know, you are the folks that believe this whole thing about the right to peaceably assemble and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to have this public space. De- upholding and defending the Constitution, right? If you're going to have this public space. And by the way, Zuccotti Park is actually a you know privately maintained park. For, yeah, that's open to the public. That's open right. to the public. But let's understand why that was. It's because it was, you know, the... the you know, city of New York mandated that this uh, company yeah. put it out there. So because they gifted a bunch of land to the company, right? Didn't right. the city own the land and they gave it to this company? So just another example of the privileges that the state grants to large corporations, right? And the uh, the occupiers would not have been able to occupy a public park, and they, you know, the rules at Zuccotti Park made it easier for them to occupy, and then they, now mm-hmm. they've changed the rules. So the I, you know, remember the right to peaceably assemble. The right to peaceably assemble. I mean, yeah. this was what the Constitution's supposed to put forth. And hey, I got a recommendation. Don't make people so mad that they want to <laughs> that they want to rise up <laughs> yeah. against you. You know exactly. Well, I mean, the right to peaceably assemble hasn't been intact for a long time. I mean, every year there was a Democratic or Republican convention, usually the Republican, because it's maybe the lefties that tend to protest a little bit more. I'm not saying that in a derogatory sense. Just people who identify with leftist views may be more likely to protest a Republican convention. But I remember that, you know, they were there was horrible police brutality on these crowds, which were peaceful. What draws it what draws to my mind is uh, the what they call the bonus war. This was the situation where World War One vets Mm -hmm. were camping out in uh, Washington, D.C. on the mall um, and they were demanding what they were what they felt was theirs. This is during the Depression and listening to some hardcore history or something. This is hardcore history. (laughs) And they you know, they wanted what they felt was due to them. The government had promised them certain benefits when they had gotten old and they wanted them now. It's the middle of the Depression cough it up we put our lives on the line Um, we went there a million strong and fought your war over in europe for nothing nothing and and then they so they went there and they demanded their stuff from washington uh you know washington dc responded by sending uh, macarthur and Patton out um and with a cavalry charge and uh you know setting these people's tents on fire killing some of them i mean setting loose the united states military on Former United States military members asking for, uh, you know, their 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 recompense. And do you know what the public reaction to that was? Were they outraged that well, this happened? You know, there's lots of different people felt lots of different things. Yeah, as always. Yep. Yeah. And so, 
you know, it's, it's in a democratic society. People tend to be like, well, we'll take just care of this the next if, time around. I just wonder if back in the day, you know, it was a little more common knowledge that there is this right so-called <laughs> supposedly enshrined in the Constitution yeah. to peaceably assemble. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so, Mark, I want to ask you, I mean, we can sort of take this as maybe a little bit of a retrospective on the Occupy movement. What do you think has changed since the start of it? I mean, do you think that they've gotten anything that they set out to get? I mean, I know it was a little bit, un- it's a very diverse movement, right? A lot of people have grievances. Uh, some people want, you know, look to the government as a solution to their problems. And I certainly don't think the government has really given them anything that they've asked for. No, I don't think they've gotten anything that they went out, uh, you know, set forth to get. That doesn't mean that I think that they're a bad movement and that they should go away. I think it means they haven't gotten yet what anything that they were supposed to get. Well, from I mean, the political system, although I would probably argue that they definitely have raised public awareness about the issues that they were concerned about, yeah, right? Sure. I mean, everybody knows what the 99% and the 1% are now. It's right. like become a cultural. Uh, Who doesn't want the people that were responsible for the uh, the great crash held in some way responsible? Yeah. Uh, you know, some some way responsible. Yeah. Now, I'd I'd say that the people responsible for it have been held responsible. Those people, the American people, who have allowed, uh, you know, the the politicians in Washington to usurp more power, hand it over to their rich banker friends. Allowed them, though. I mean. Are you making the argument that eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, really? Like, are you constantly keeping an eye on the stock? That's what they told me. Those same people that told me that crap are the ones that allowed this to happen. It doesn't mean it's true. It, like, how are you responsible if they're if they're trying to usurp all this power? How are you responsible? I'm not for responsible. Stopping them? I don't believe that nonsense. Okay, <laughs> okay? just wanted to clear that up because it sounded if like you, you were saying that you If you believe you did. that nonsense, where is your pitchfork? Why is your torch not lit? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you believe that eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, then where is your pitchfork and torch? Because, frankly, nothing's happened. <laughs> if you have thoughts on this, maybe you're at the Occupy movement, or maybe you're in jail because of the Occupy movement, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't call us in that case. But if you have something to say about this, we'd love to hear your thoughts at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. There's more Free Talk Live. Coming up. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Free Talk Live is a show where you can call in about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. It's Stephanie with you tonight. And Mark. And uh, would like to invite you to check out the website over at freetalklive.com. It's a wonderful resource. They've got tons and tons of archives, more than anybody could possibly listen to. 
Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe somebody should take us up on that challenge and see if they can listen to all five years plus of archives that are posted there. Well, it depends on what period of time you're talking about. Lots of people have uh, decided, you know, o- until over time. They, until I they get sick a of lot it. of people that have said, you know, I remember when, you know, such and such, and they'll name some incident on the show or, you know, when we moved to New Hampshire, when my name used to be Manwich back in the day. Yes, I mean, who is this mysterious Manwich you speak of? That's right. I had a, had a uh, you know, I used an, 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 a gnome day. What is uh, what well, is the French for radio? Nom de plume. Nom de radio. Yes, we can say that. <laughs> I had a you know an alias for the radio, and I you know it used to be Manwich, and and then there was some intellectual property fears surrounded to that surrounding that, right, Mark? That's correct. Uh, you know the show got big enough that uh, there was concern by people who were involved with the show that it, you know the the Conagra Foods might not like me using the term Man- Manwich as my uh, nom de plume. Well, that's only because you were getting more famous than them. So I don't know about all that. (laughs) Well, we may talk about intellectual property issues a little bit later on tonight. Yahoo has been suing Facebook over some patents that they allege they've infringed, but I think we have a caller on the line who'd like to discuss something that came up a little earlier on this evening's show, the shooting of Trayvon Martin in Florida, black uh, young man shot by a uh, neighborhood watch captain in a predominantly white neighborhood. So Vinny in Corning, California, you're on the line with us. What's on your mind? Yeah, um, I was hearing uh, your uh, uh, rendition of the uh, uh, developments that occurred with the uh, situation there in uh, that gated community in Florida. Mm-hmm. And you know, it seems from what I what, what seems if you, if you piece a, a story together here, it, it seems like uh, um, by most measures, it seems that the uh, I believe is uh, the um, the person that uh, that's responsible for the. Um, the suspect, uh, his name is uh, Zimmerman? Yes, George Zimmerman. <laughs> it seems that he, you know, he exhibited, for the most part, uh, negligent and, re- and uh, reckless behavior. You know, in other words, it does seem cul- that way. culpable. It seems, cul- it seems like it. Yeah, I mean. and you have to wonder why. The one thing I haven't heard much about in all of the stuff that I've been reading about this is, you know, what's the hidden agenda that the cops have? Why do they not want to charge him? What do you think, Vinny? Well, um... You know, it's, it's um, it, okay. Again, I'm going to retract for a moment. Okay. It seems that you, I mean, it, from, from all um, from the circumstances, you have a case of involuntary manslaughter here. It could, it could borderline be borderline on voluntary or involuntary, but it seems that uh, because of the situation where it seems like he, exi- I mean, by all measures, he exhibited uh, a um, uh, negligent and or reckless. Um, so, you, the, uh, are you saying that you think maybe his mental status was altered or something? Well, it seems that um, because um, just negligence, he just didn't uh, uh, didn't really uh, yeah. didn't utilize the right uh, sense of. Um Safety. I think we're beyond manslaughter here. I think you're up to murder. Um, And the reason is, is because, you know, he's begging for his life. There was a second shot. And, you know, so you have a situation. So first you have a situation which may, you know, was a, uh, you know, maybe the guy made a bad choice. Maybe he was threatened. Who knows what happened? So then but then the situation moves to the young man is shot. He's begging for his life. And both of these things we know to be true because the 911 call recorded them. Mm-hmm. And so then he, the, the Zimmerman guy att- uh, shoots him again. And is to that me, right? that's an act of murder. It seems that the police, the, the law enforcement, for some reason, are dragging their feet on this case. Yeah. And definitely, I think uh, this, uh, this requires uh, more scrutiny and investigation, uh, you know. I agree. And apparently, according to this recent article, just from yesterday, I believe, 
the apparently the grand jury in the area has gotten the records of the case so that they can decide whether they want to charge him. But I'm sure that'll I'm sure that'll happen quickly. Right. We're being sarcastic. I don't know if quick really is necessary in this circumstance. He he hasn't killed before. He's not out running amok. Um, So, you know, maybe not. But I, I just feel so Maybe the cops are being careful, but I'll tell you, it's not uncommon for them to arrest other people and put them in jail and wait for the grand jury to indict. Yeah. But, you know, know, on behalf of uh, Zimmerman, you know, whatever his defense is, I would say it seems like I would call the imperfect uh, self-defense. Imperfect self-defense. What do you mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Describe that to me. Um, uh, He, well, I mean, what I'm trying to point out here is that uh, he may be may be incorrect. I mean, uh, it's like he may be wrong, and 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 his uh, you know, and his uh, view that he he was required to. Uh, so he was mistaken. He thought he thought his life was being threatened, but it really wasn't, and he was mistaken. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems I, there is an element of aggression in is, here. You, you know, know it, yeah, you're looking at uh, an important part of this, which is Florida has just passed this uh, uh, you know no retreat law. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, precise, stand your ground. Stand or your ground law. And doctrine this should be very thing. interesting to see how this goes. Um, and I think that this is an important aspect of it. So you but think, I think that what the this biggest problem is, is, is that he shot twice, not once. You th- Mark, you think that this new law has contributed to the cops not wanting to charge Zimmerman? I think th- I absolutely. See, I think there's a huge double standard here that deserves pointing out, because I, if this was a black man who had shot a white teenager, don't you think he'd be charged? Don't you think they'd be prosecuting him to like the fullest extent of the law? I mean, I th- it's just the same thing that used to happen in the, in the South where they wouldn't try uh, the murders of black people. You know, juries would would acquit white murderers when it was even when it was clear um, they would. They wouldn't try rapes of black women, but with, if it was a white woman, they would. I mean, and, and so it was like, there's a real double standard I'm not going to make the accusation, but I tend to sort of feel that the police are being more careful with this situation because it's uh, a white person who may have more means for a lawyer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, well, you know, I strongly, you, I strongly agree, agree with you on that. That, that mm-hmm. seems to be uh, something very um, uh, suspicious here. Yeah, and I think like we don't even have to speculate on this particular case because all we have to do is like look at the amount look at the racial breakdown of people who are in prison in this country. And Vinny, thank you so much for your thoughts tonight. Thanks. I do appreciate that. If you look at the statistics about who's in prison and in, in jail in this country, it's very biased. I mean, it's not. It has to congruent. be safer as a law enforcement officer. If whatever whatever repercussions might happen, and I'm going to say that they t- they tend to be somewhat limited, mm-hmm. it has to be safer for them to arrest a minority, specifically a black mi- uh, black person, than it d- is a white person. Now, you know, this is in a, a upper middle class neighborhood, a gated community. I'm, I'm just guessing it's upper middle class because it's gated. I assume that, yeah. Um, and so therefore they're, they're being careful about this whole circumstance. I don't think they're as careful when you're talking about the, uh, the hood, when, um, yeah. you know, where... Sometimes they don't even want to go, go to poorer areas of town. The police don't sure. just simply avoid it. They don't feel safe. I, I suppose that's it. But, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing for the people who live there, maybe, because often when police don't feel safe, they're more prone to do violence inappropriately. You when, know? when one feels threatened, one is more likely to react uh, you know, yeah, physically. That's a certainly. universal. Sure. And that, that's absolutely true. I don't know. It's it, it, I'm going to be interested to see what's going to happen. There's probably yeah. so much uh, press on this that the police are going to end up charging Zimmerman. I, I bet like that was said, the family's goal in this situation yeah. was to just create so much pressure, the pressure that they have to put the charges on him.
And but like I think you said, yeah. what is society, how is society going to benefit from this guy going to prison for 10 years? And I have to say, probably not for much. I mean, you know, yeah. you might feel better. Hey, this is some racial justice. Excellent. Now what? Yeah, but uh, and what know, about he's going to cost a million dollars to house during that period of time. Yeah. And I and this family and everybody else has to pay for it. Actually, I don't live in Florida. This would be a state charge. So uh, just when we go down there, we'll pay uh, tourist taxes. Um, would we be <laughs> they have to get it, it from somewhere, right? It's coming from somewhere. And, you know, maybe Florida will be behind California and getting their bailout from the federal government. And we can, uh, you know, expect uh, then everybody's paying for it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, the thing that I have a problem with is that, like, the way our justice, so-called justice system works does nothing to really try, attempt to compensate the family. That's that's the point that I really want to drive home in all this. Yep. So. And, you know, I mean, when you look at historically how justice has been meted out, I think that there's uh, ways to attempt to you know, recompense the family in some way. I mean, I just think that that would be better. I'm not saying that I don't think that people should go to prison, mm-hmm. but I do think that if folks were you know will able to work in prison and then you know send some money to the family whatever it was that they were able to do you know and the family being more involved in what is the punishment because in Florida if he gets second degree murder he's going to be you know there's going to be guidelines and you know th- those guidelines are what those guidelines are 17 to 22 years whatever they are and that's what he's going to get somewhere in there yeah. The family has nothing to say about it, whether or not they think you should get 17 or 22 or, you know, mm-hmm. less than that and some restitution. None I imagine there's a big variation in what people would sort of think was an appropriate recompense. For some them. people would want him killed. 855-450-FREE is our phone number. That's 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live is coming back with more when we return the massacre in Afghanistan. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very least stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition, and we are kicking off Hour 2. I'm Stephanie with you. And I'm Mark. And we invite you to call in and bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live is a show where you can participate and you can bring up... Uh, whatever's, whatever's on your mind. You Also, the website at freetalklive.com is a website where you can get involved there, too, and participate. You can link to stories or videos or blog posts or whatever you think's important, and people will vote them up and vote them down based on what they think is important, and you can do the same with theirs. And it's a very participatory thing, and lots of eyes see it. So if you've got something you think's important, what, for whatever reason you might think it's important, link to it there at freetalklive.com. Yeah, very good way to get your message out to a bunch of people and uh, interact with the show. Mark, we've got phone phone calls. I'd like That's, to uh, it's free talk live, right? Yeah, exactly. I guess our I guess our message is getting out there that we want to hear people's thoughts. So let's go straight to the phones and bring Mike in York, Nebraska, on. He wants to talk about moving to New Hampshire. And Mike, are you with us? 
Yes, I am. Hi, I, um, I'm a truck driver, so I get to listen to your show seven nights a week, and I love the fact that you're on every night of the week. Hey, Wonderful. Um, Good very, to know. I'm, I'm scared I might get cut off, so if I could, I want to talk to you about two different things, and if you don't mind, I'll listen off the air. Okay. Um, okay. We so don't mind having a conversation with you, Mike. I mean, it's okay if you hang on with us, but what's, what was the first thing? Well, maybe you can't. Okay. Okay. The, the first thing is, I, I feel like I'm pretty lucky. I'm, I was born and raised in Arizona. And we got rid of uh, the speed cameras and carry uh, concealed weapons without a permit. And the police generally leave everybody alone. I, I mean, uh, I live in uh, Pinal County, Arizona, and the police don't sit around with uh, radar guns or anything like that. I hardly ever see them. And I feel, I feel good living in Arizona. I and feel like Mike, just, just to stop you real quick, I mean, maybe they'd leave some people alone, but I've heard a lot of stories about police in Arizona really kind of harassing people who look Hispanic or Mexican. Is that your experience? Um, I, I, I haven't seen a lot of that, but I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a truck driver, so I'm not, you know, out and about in the city too often, but when I am, I don't ever, I hardly ever see an officer making a, a stop. What about you know, the border I, I checkpoints? Do you go through a lot of those as a truck driver? Yes. And those are ridiculous. And I, I, I go through them every week when I go to Los Angeles, I run through uh, Blythe and they always have one either on the East or West side. There at the uh, at the border, and I, I I feel like I'm being raped every time I go through there. Now Yikes. those guys say that that the Supreme Court has said that those are legal within 150 miles of the border, as long as the scope is only to determine a person's citizenship. Yet they have drug sniffing dogs looking at every car. So sure. They're already yeah, that's always how it works. They try to no- yeah, net I, you in. <laughs> I'd like to point out that um, you know we can say whatever we want about other states, but um, you know science is important, and it's difficult to it's difficult to the social scientists science are certainly softer sciences than uh, you know say biology or chemistry and things like that. But um, the Mercatus Center has released two two times the Freedom in the Fifty States report, and Arizona has come in ranked at twenty two. Um, so you know. That, and what's number one, Mark? Uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire has been <laughs> twice. I don't know what uh, Arizona's previous ranking was the last time. I'd, I'm not able to say that, but uh, the cur- their current rank is number 22. Gotcha. So about, I would call them, in, you know, hitting the median there. So, so well, Mike, uh, go ahead with your thoughts. I'm sorry. That, uh, just hearing that even more makes me want to move to New Hampshire. I'm single with no kids. Uh-huh. So I could do that. I could make the move. Sure. But the thing that I'm curious about is, what, and, and this is by no means meant to pick apart anything that you want to do with the free freedom movement there. Mm-hmm. What, what good does it do to be surrounded by a bunch of people that are liberty-minded and freedom-loving if the judge and the chief of police and the prosecutors are not constitutionalists or libertarians? You know, I think that uh, you know this is a strong point, right? Like, obviously, uh, you know, the, to to some extent or another, the the freedom movement here has just seen a, a, a certain amount of backlash, and it's because people are bringing up issues of uh, liberty in the courts and, and that kind of thing, and trying to to get some justice, and they're finding that uh, you know the status quo doesn't want to change, and it doesn't, wouldn't want to change anywhere. It wouldn't want to change in Pima County, Arizona, if it was being challenged there either. Um, is that Pinal County? What did you say? Pinal. Pinal. Yeah, it's Pinal County. And it wouldn't want to change there either. So, um, you know, I get where you're coming from. And remember, the program's called the Free State Project Liberty in Your Lifetime, not Free State Project Liberty Next Year. And so the idea is, is to get enough people 
on the ground, working towards the ideas of liberty, not having achieved them already. We we have not made the bed for you. We're asking you to come and make the bed with us. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I I agree with that, Mark. Although I do I I would like to present sort of an alternative point of view. And my personal view is that. And I didn't think this when I first moved to New Hampshire in 2006. I, I had more of a similar to view to what you just said, Mark. But personally, I already feel so much freer in my life. I feel like I already do live in a place that's something that a lot of people don't get to experience because I am surrounded by this community. And I have the opportunity to befriend and to network with and to work with people who really, really share my values in, in many different ways. And so to me, even if we don't, achieve, uh, you know, a lot of political change in New Hampshire, even if we do, at least I'll have been in good company. You know what I mean? I understand totally what you're saying, and I'm very tempted to do it. I think the only thing holding me back right now is I've got to find out if my boss will let me continue to run this truck if my home state is New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. I don't think he would have a problem. He lives in Iowa, and I live in Phoenix, so I mean, it would be the equal distance. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm interested. I'm interested. And you guys have opened up a whole new realm for me. It's like an awakening. Just with the things I've looked at for New Hampshire Free Staters uh, online on YouTube, it's just, uh, and plus I've learned so much in a legal aspect just listening to you guys. You're so smart. And well, we we don't give legal advice or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, <laughs> we're just talk radio hosts, but I'm so glad what to hear that. What was the second thing you want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah, the second thing was this. Um, in, uh, as I'm searching some things at the truck stop the other night, I came across something, and I can't even grab my notes in the console right now. I wasn't even expecting to get through, but uh, there were several Supreme Court cases where the, the uh, ruling was that once an, if, if a police officer makes an unlawful arrest, in essence, he's violating your constitutional rights, and that makes him somebody who is acting no longer in an official capacity. Basically, he's just another citizen. And you are allowed, according to these three cases that I read, to defend yourself against an unlawful arrest up to and including deadly force. Have you ever heard anything about that? And what can you tell me about that? No, I've and heard I wouldn't, people say I it, wouldn't and try it doesn't that. Sound like, it's, it sounds like a good way to end up, uh, you know, full of holes. Exactly. Um, but I... You know, I, I, you know, as all I can say is, I'd rather be, I'd rather be arrested world, uh, and go know. to jail for a night or however long than become injured by lethal. But if they force. violated your constitutional rights, you might be able to bring up uh, a lawsuit, uh, you know, later uh, against them. And I would like to see that because I don't feel that that's been done enough here in the in the Free State Project, and not enough people have pursued things from a legal standpoint. Well, maybe okay. Mike can do yeah. that if he if he ends up getting here. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Mike. I, you know what? I'm, I'm really thinking about it. Thanks. Wonderful. We, we hope to see you up here, Mike. Thanks a lot for the call. And freestateproject.org is the website where you can learn a little more about that. There have been over 11,000 people who have said, I pledge to move to New Hampshire, as long as a certain number of others do so as well. And when we get there, we'll work to achieve more freedom in our lifetimes. And quite a few people have uh, you know, arrived in New Hampshire already. They're starting out the groundwork, trying to get things uh, you know, moving. Yeah, you don't have to wait for the uh, pledge to come to mature, I guess, to 20,000 people. Yeah. To me, the Free State Project is really picking up and moving your life. That's what it is to me. Mm-hmm. You know, going on the internet and clicking uh, some things and writing your name in and, you know, I mean, you you don't even have to use your real name. Uh, you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I'm sure there are people who haven't because there's a lot of certain, privacy. Uh, I'm certain people that's People who true. are interested in privacy. 
anyway, I'm very pleased with the decision to move to New Hampshire. I feel really happy being here. And yeah, I'd like to address what you were talking about there as far as... We, uh, we do have another call on the amp line, Mark, but, uh, but yeah, please have go ahead. Have you screened it? No. I'm not going to take calls from the amp line without having been uh, pre-screened. I mean, I just... Uh, we'll I, do it I, next I segment know. then. Um, so <laughs> it, what one thing that I am I like about it is that, you know, I don't have that feeling of, of uh, hopelessness that I had when I was living in Florida. It, there was not going to be any movement towards liberty in Florida. We weren't going to get anywhere... The, liber- the folks, the libertarians there weren't going to get anywhere. So in New Hampshire, I've got the hope. There you go. We've got the hope at Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE is our number. Call us and bring up whatever's on your mind. Free Talk Live, more coming up. Bitcoins, you can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday edition with Stephanie and Mark. And I'd like to invite you to call the show tonight at 855-450-FREE. Covered a lot of different issues this evening from uh, an unjust killing to uh, maybe we'll get into a lawsuit, an unjust lawsuit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on anything we've discussed so far or anything that's on your mind. Oh, we were talking about uh, the Free State Project there in the last segment. I wanted to make sure that people know what it is. And the Free State Project is a movement of 20,000 liberty-loving individuals. Once they all sign up, at this point we're at 11,000-something. More, yeah. Yeah, more than 11,000. And, uh, you know, you can go and sign up at freestateproject.org. Get us one more person, or if you've got a family, two, three <laughs> more people. And if you're liberty-curious, if you're on the fence, then maybe uh, a good experience would be to visit Porcupine Freedom Festival or Porkfest, which happens th- during the summer. Yep, in June. It's a camping festival. You can register now at porkfest.com. That's pork with a C. Cause, uh, you like know, a porcupine. The, the people from, of the libertarian, uh, excuse me, of uh, the Free State Project tend to be of a liberty-oriented uh, mindset, and they've picked the porcupine as their, their mascot. mascot, yeah. Yeah, you know, not, a, not the sort of animal that goes out and causes trouble, but if, if you pick a fight with it you're liable to get a mouthful of quills so it's uh freestateproject.org and you can sign up and find out about find out more about it or sign up or whatever you'd like it's 11,691 i've got here with uh more than a thousand having moved already very exciting let's go to the amp lines free talk live amp call-in lines kelvin in colorado is on the line with us and kelvin uh can you hear me yes i can stephanie uh, good evening to you and mark hey good kelvin. evening what's on your mind tonight well, a, a couple of things I've, uh, you guys have been talking about on the show. I, I just wanted to give you a, a little a point of information where you guys were talking about the uh, the right to defend yourself under different situations. And yeah, you the stand your ground at, uh, law, right, as Mark referred to it, I think. Yeah, uh, the in uh, Colorado here, uh, they, uh, they call it the make my day law. Mm. <laughs> well, that's cute. In dirty area. Oh man! But, but anyway, if you want some some more background information on that, if you go to Wikipedia and look up Cass 
Hassel Doctrine, and that'll give you some more background about that. Okay, the so- Castle Doctrine's distinct in that the Castle Doctrine says that if you are in your home, that you do not have to flee to another room. There is, um, I can't remember what it was in Florida previously, but previously in Florida, it meant that you had to be trapped in a particular room. So you had to retreat to the farthest location from an aggressor. And then when you were finally in Who's the last Who's thinking room, about that in a situation where their life is being threatened? I guess that the lawmakers felt that that was the right way to do it, and I can I can oh. see the point. Uh, but you know, so the Castle Doctrine states that your home is your castle, and you may defend it against an aggressor. Yeah. Um, whereas the the Make My Day Law or the Stand Your Ground Law says that you do not have to retreat from an aggressor, and it doesn't matter where you are. So yes, the Castle yeah. Doctrine's similar, but it you know has the distinction of being specifically for one's home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That. As uh, called the duty to retreat versus uh, stand your ground. Yeah, duty to retreat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So stand so your ground is makes... something that that sort of opposes the duty to retreat. Is that what you're saying? Right. It's saying that you don't have uh, that, that you can defend yourself without being required. And that's to, all under the um, uh, umbrella retreat. of the Castle Doctrine. Uh, well, it's it's on this page web page anyway. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm just trying to get the the uh, relationships yeah. straight between those those things so anyway kelvin yeah what else is on your mind yeah uh the other thing was uh you guys have been discussing this the zimmerman uh incident mm-hmm. is, is that correct zimmerman, zimmerman. yeah george zimmerman uh, alleged shooter of trayvon martin down in florida yes and, and i haven't heard any of the 911 tapes or read any articles i've just heard you guys discussing this but uh another little generality uh that that second shot seems so damning uh, uh, might have been a negligent negligent discharge, uh, which, you know, that doesn't excuse it, but that might move it from, like, murder to a, a manslaughter situation or something yeah, it like seems, that. It seems but, like a tough argument to make. I yeah, mean, doesn't it sound especially like a, given oh, the, I didn't mean to shoot him the second time. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, you know, like the gun jumps in your hand, you know, the, the situation is what the situation is, but... Well, guns don't jump, Mark. Well, I mean, I, I, people, they do, they maybe do when you pull it seems triggers. like it does, but yeah, but you have to pull the trigger first. Sure. You're responsible. But it, he did pull the trigger first, and yes. I don't know what the, the period of time was uh, between the two. I, well, I mean, the, so the nine one one tapes as far as i know we can't listen to them because they've only been released to the family they haven't been released publicly Mm -hmm. but from what i read in this uh, synopsis it said he was begging for his life in between the two shots so he was shot once he survived that one and started begging for his life and then the guy shot him again Mm. yeah Yeah, that's it's pretty damning yeah I, you know, even if the, what what you're saying is is that he might have accidentally shot him the second time, that's a harder. It's a much harder argument to make on the for the second shot than the first, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was that was what appeared to be uh, particularly damning in the in the situation. But what I wanted to say was that under the conditions of extreme stress, which you know you would be after having confronted this person and shot them, and mm-hmm. uh, that there's a adrenaline stress response that happens where uh, you lose your uh, fine motor skills, you yep. get tunnel yeah. vision, you have auditory exclusion. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it would be fairly easy if you were like an inexperienced person, particularly if you haven't gone through the adrenaline stress reaction and learned how to cope with that. Uh, you know, I, I could see that happening. Not that that excuses the guy, but... 
Well, then that just seems to me to indicate that he shouldn't have been entrusted with that responsibility of the, you know, the captain of the neighborhood watch, right? The only thing that can handle this adrenaline situation is training. Yeah. Okay. And frankly, people train to do things, not to not do things. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> this is I don't know how one trains not to shoot somebody the second time. You know, what you'll find is, is that people will have guns on them and then crimes will be committed and they just can't do anything. This is what what's it called? The adrenaline what response there, Kevin? Adre- adrenaline stress response. Yeah, I think I, what I, you're saying about training is is uh, true. And uh so the, the proper training is is that you take your finger out of the trigger guard. Oh yeah, uh, always. Except when you're pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. So yep. trigger guy, discipline. If it was a sure. negligent discharge, he he obviously didn't take his finger uh, out of the trigger guard, and you know that could have possibly been prevented by having training. The only way he's going to get the uh, the jury to side with him on that one is if he had a badge, and you know. <laughs> He probably wishes he had a badge. <laughs> I mean, it seems like the kind of person, that kind of person who's the really the looking watch. for an excuse. Yeah. Well, maybe he has some kind of a need to be a protector, right? Sure. He wants to He wants to help people. And whether that's misguided or how that gets expressed is another issue, right? Because in this case, it seems like even if he had sort no of noble of intentions, pe- it didn't turn out well. No shortage of people that want to be protectors that believe that they know who the enemy is and they're wrong. Absolutely. And Kelvin, thanks so much for the call tonight. I do appreciate your thoughts. Mark, Yahoo has sued Facebook. Have you heard about this? The internet is going to break. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that, but maybe the patent system. I hope the patent system breaks. That would be nice. The patent system is really, really messed up. Anybody, you know, even when you. When you talk about the vagarities of the uh, the intellectual property laws all across the United States, the patent system stands out as the worst of the three between patents, copyrights, and trademarks. Um, Some people argue copyright is really bad, too, because that can be criminal, right? Patents are in civil uh, civil matter. Yeah, but it's uh, it can mire a company. A company of any size will be mired, and, and a company of small size will be destroyed. Absolutely. We'll find out more about this. When we return, this is Free Talk Live 855-450-FREE to add your thoughts. There's more coming up. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 30-second edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday night edition. I'm Stephanie. And Mark. And you can call the show tonight at 855-450-FREE. We'd love to hear what's on your mind. Because that's what Free Talk Live is about, right? This makes for an interesting show when you lend your thoughts. And uh, I would like to let people know that Free Talk Live has a news page where you can get the latest updates about the show. So maybe you're wondering what's kind of going on behind the scenes or when we add new radio affiliates, you can get all of that information over at news.freetalklive.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and get emails when something happens with the show. You've probably been hearing about picking up uh, precious metals, whether it's gold and silver or silver, um, whatever it might be, platinum, perhaps. And 
you know, it can be a daunting experience. You never know when you're buying from one of these big companies or you're getting the best rate. They want you to buy numismatic as opposed to bullion and you just wanted to get some gold and whatever. You know, you can go to gold.freetalklive.com. You can see the prices right there. You can see the coins right there. And you can get gold shipped to you. You never have to deal with a pushy salesperson if you don't want to. If you have questions, you can call the number that's right there at gold.freetalklive.com. I found them to be very helpful over at uh, Midas Resources. And when you buy gold from gold.freetalklive.com, you support Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right. Well, we've spent a lot of time tonight talking about this incident with Trayvon Martin and his uh, shooting and the fact that he, his alleged shooter is not being charged. And I think we've got Joshua on the line in Oklahoma. Who wants to talk about that? Joshua, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi there. Hey there, hi there. <laughs> What's on What's your mind? Uh, well, first, you know what? This is kind of a boring show because you all are so rational. You need to get Ian in here. <laughs> Ian is actually sitting in the room, but I, I think he's pretty rational myself, too. <laughs> Oh, he'd have something to say that would really stir it. Um, yes, first of all, uh, the idea of the second shot being possibly accidental, I think is, um, I'm not sure I'd call it an accident, but perhaps unintended, because reading up on this guy while I was listening to you, mm-hmm. it really sounds like a guy who would take his gun down to the gunsmith and have him put a hair trigger on it, mm. which means you can mm. pull the trigger by touching it with a hair. Right. right. But, of course, that makes him responsible for what happened. Well, actually, I also think that somebody should be asking about who hired this guy and let him call himself Neighborhood Watch. Why are we talking to these people? Or why aren't we talking to these people? Because according to a couple of articles I read, uh, when they said they wanted to form a Neighborhood Watch, he was the only one who applied. Wow. That's kind of bothered. I guess he became the captain by default because he was the only only member. (laughs) Yeah, and... He had gone door to door warning people about, quote, young black men. Oh, like no. This is a black town. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't sound good. That for is, him. Uh, I, I have not heard that part, but that's a scalding indictment. Yeah, um, that's there, important. I'll tell you. And now, but. You know, I mean, when you're talking about a position that is uh, unpaid, I wonder what sort of responsibility there is for the people that uh, allowed him to to get in in place. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to. Uh, I wonder if there's a neighborhood I, association or something. Yeah, uh, I believe that was the phrase used in the article, neighborhood association, mm-hmm. and I would put that to a jury because. Uh, you know, even if it's just a neighborhood association, if you're giving somebody the authority to call themselves Neighborhood Watch, you're you're taking some responsibility for them, and sure. and they didn't bet. Yeah, yeah, they didn't bet him. I, according to these articles, even by the Miami Herald and the Sun Sentinel, was a real cop wannabe. Yeah, and, just as we had suspected, huh? Yeah, I, I you know, I hadn't heard that part. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a damning indictment. The uh, walking around and talking to people about uh, young black men, and they were. I wonder mm. if he just skipped the black people's house uh, when he did that. Yeah, I feel really I scared know. that there are people like that mm-hmm. walking around who have that kind of power. We got a a gated community in which the black kid was visiting his father. Who the, I've seen the picture of the black kid. The dad was definitely black. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got black people living in the gated community, and the neighborhood watch guy is uh, suspicious of black people. There were black people that lived in the gated community that said, "We don't go for walks anymore because of this guy." Wow. Oh, my. Joshua, oh. thank you so much for the additional information. I appreciate your thoughts tonight. Got some other calls. I want to let them have a chance to speak. But, yeah, that's important stuff that he brought up. 
Indeed. Doesn't look good for Zimmerman. I'd say it's probably about the most important stuff on it I've heard all evening. And it doesn't look good for the police who aren't doing anything about this It doesn't look good for the neighborhood either. I mean, you know, he's really right. If somebody actually named him, titled him, um, you know, head of the neighborhood watch and, you know, the the, the housing association or whatever titled him the head of the neighborhood watch. Is it a white housing association in this, you know, neighborhood? I'm sure they didn't feel the way this guy necessarily did, but he's probably the only one who applied for the position. And then they probably had no idea. I mean... I live in a neighborhood that has a neighborhood association, and it's hard to get people to even show up to the meetings. Now he's knocking on doors wanting of uh, black kids, and nobody said anything? Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was... uh, That's... I can't even put the words to it. Let's go to Matthew in West Hartford. He wants to talk about something a little bit different, voting. Matthew, are you with us? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Hey, Stephanie, Mark. uh, Hi. Ian's uh, sitting there. But, uh, oh, you're watching <laughs> anyway, the cam at cam.freetalklive.com. I'm, watch, I'm watching the camera, yep. <laughs> there you go. So but, tell, uh, tell us what you're thinking about tonight. Yeah. Uh, well, I was, uh, you know, when the when the ruling elite uh, thought of the idea of, of voting, uh, did, you, did you know that vote was actually an acronym? No, what did it stand for? Uh, Can you say? It stands for uh, the vow of total enslavement. Oh, come uh, on. I'm skeptical of this, but maybe we can do a little research here. And go, no, go it's on, not Matthew. True. I, I, it's not true. I just made that up. So, uh, so how does one enslave up. oneself by voting? What's that? Does one enslave oneself by voting? Uh, I, I'm moving more and more towards that that point of view every day. I, one I certainly doesn't think... set oneself free by voting. I don't think. I think that there's, you know, when it, there's time, there's a time commitment, and uh, if you're going to mm-hmm. use the political process, it uh, it can be emotional. There's an emotional roller coaster involved in it, yeah, and that kind of thing. But definitely. I think that there's, you know, I think there's value uh, in today's society of using the political process as it exists to, uh, you know, defend the rights of yourself and your neighbors. Matthew. Yeah, uh, I think in in specific, uh, you know, cases like this, like this Ron Paul thing, it, it could be used to further further a cause, but I think in, in in general, like if we're thinking of like the average person voting, uh, it's really, re- I think it's reinforcing the mindset uh, of the, um, of the system, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in, in that uh, they, they think they have a shot of really stirring things up in there and they're going to, you know, <laughs> and they think that's you know, the only I, legitimate I way to, to make any kind of change if they, if they want to change. Most of them, if you're right. talking about the average person, most yeah. of them want changes that I would you know, probably want more government anyway. Um, you know, the average person you talk to out there, if you look at the evidence of what they vote for, is that their, you know, their answer to whatever the problem is, is let the government fix it. Well, I mean, to be fair, they don't really have many good options. There's never a box on the ballot that says get rid of the government or even really make it smaller. There's very seldom that option, right? Certainly, seldom do does one have that 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 option, and you know you're less and less of people that want less government don't vote, right? Yeah, absolutely. I tend to see Matthew. I think I agree with you that I really see it as kind of an endorsement of of a system. And if you have significant disagreements with that system, then you know maybe you don't want to give it your moral support by participating. Mm. Yeah, the only, uh, you know, even four years ago, I was, I mean, I was supporting, uh, you know, Barack Obama. So, I mean, the only Mm. thing that that really even got me out of that, uh, you know, was, was, like, how many times are we going to see 
to to you know to go out there and vote uh, you know, every four years or whatever and see that nothing nothing's changing. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how many times can that happen? Yeah, and even if and, there is a, and, is a small change that happens, it seems like often it's prone to backsliding. You know. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, well, the other the, the counter argument to this, and I think it's very strong, is that there have been in most elections um, more than 50 percent and uh, close to 50 percent in all elections, people not voting. So you mm-hmm. have this indictment on the other side that, that people are looking for. If you claim that the uh, the system that you're going to show the system by not voting, that you're not participating, that you do, that you do not endorse it and you're not participating in it. Well, you know, 50 percent of the population is doing that already and it hasn't worked. The system's just as endorsed as it was before. Uh, I don't know. I don't see any significant change happening even when people do vote. But Matthew, thanks for the call. I don't call. see when, when they don't vote either. It's been an interesting discussion. Of course, if you have thoughts, 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. There's more coming up. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year, it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Hmm, that's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. You are listening to Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday night edition. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you can call us this evening if you want to participate in the show, 855-450-FREE. It's 855-450-3733. We'd love to hear what's on your mind tonight. And uh, Mark, do you have any messages you'd like to share with our audience right now? Uh, sure. I can tell you about uh, Free Talk Live Solar. If you, for instance, have some kind of calamity occur, some kind of weather calamity, you want to have some kind of backup system. You know, whether that system is, uh, you know, gasoline or whatever it is, it's a good idea to have one. But consider this for a moment. A gas system, when you set it up and you put it in place, it's just there for that moment in time that you need to back up, whether it's hurricane or ice storm or whatever it is. And that's great. It's good to have it. But a solar system is there all the time. If you can take off the grid, say, uh, you know, a, a freezer and a well pump and, you know, maybe your refrigerator. So, you know, whatever it is that you can take off with the with a with a solar system, they're off the grid all the time. And these expensive items, they're you know, they're, they're no longer drawing on your electrical bill and they're paying mm-hmm. themselves back all the time. So go to freetalklivesolar.com and check out the SG1 solar power generating system. It can be expanded to take wind and uh, hydro and whatever you want. But this is a great system just to take a few necessary items off so that when, you know, whatever that inevitability is, you're ready. It's freetalklivesolar.com. Wonderful. We go straight to the phones. Carly is listening in North Dakota and would like to discuss Trayvon Martin's case. Carly, are you with us? 
Yes, I am. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I believe this guy was down in Miami, but what I really wanted to say was that, you know, these sort of erratic, uh, irrational behaviors can't really be, you know, held into question when we have the kind of toxicity that people are exposed to today. You know, we have this incredible, enormous chemical and toxic pollution from our water and our air and our electrochemical smog to our food. Okay, I was going to ask what you meant by toxicity. What is electrochemical smog? I need to know that, too. Yeah, well, that's a little different. But when you talk about, like, electromagnetic pollution, you know, uh, cell phone towers and Wi-Fis, you know, we have in Europe a number of countries that are now outlawing Wi-Fi in schools because of the damages that it has on the developing brains of of students. I've never heard of any of this. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's some, uh, now you're going to rack my brain, but it's, it's, there's some developed countries in Europe. I'd say, I, I think maybe like Netherlands, Sweden, um, maybe even Holland, though. I'm not 100% sure on that, but there well, are. Car- those Carly, countries. I mean, there, there is um, natural radiation that occurs in, in the, in the right. world, right? And I'm not specifically talking electromagnetic. I'm talking everything specifically, really, if we really want to talk about it. It would be more like the fluoride in our water. I'm very and concerned about fluoride in our water. water. I'm very concerned about oh, fluoride Personally, water. I filter it out. And I mean, it's you win the argument on that one on informed consent. Oh, Someone should not be disastrous. dosed with a drug based on how much water they drink without being able to consent to it. I, I think that's egregious. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have studies and, and tests and evidence, you know, up the, up the wall that talks about, you know, the effects of fluoride on nervous systems and, and tissues and brain function and everything else. So everything from docile behavior that the Russians still use it in their animals, that Hitler used it in the, in the, um, the you know, the camps. Yeah, people say that, Carly, but you know, yeah. you know, that, that may very well be true. I'm not totally familiar with that. For me, like I said, I, I'm, I'm convinced that it's not okay to give people a drug in their water. <laughs> but Absolutely, forced medication. Mm-hmm. Right, but I, what I want to go back to is something that you said at the beginning of your call, that you think this person, George Zimmerman, isn't really responsible for what he's done because of the toxicity in the environment? Well, that gets hard because obviously everybody's responsible. And absolutely, he's responsible. It's a horrific thing. But my yeah. point is that those happen all the time and that those, these sort of instances of irrationality and imbalance and explosive um, poor judgment behaviors, you know, these things that really defy what we think is reasonable, how can somebody do those things? I just think we really need to look at, well, you know, obviously there's some problem here in a lot of people's brain activity, and maybe that has to do with the forced medications, not just from fluoride, but think about all the pharmaceuticals that are in your water. I mean, they, they, they have been for... finding them in the water. Yeah, that's for sure. But I, I mean, I'll do you think it's has... causation versus correlation? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like you're, 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 you're taking some facts, and these are facts, mm-hmm. and we're right, extrapolating right. from them. And it's difficult to say. And, and I, I say... wonder if it has anything to do with the government school system. I mean, there, people are taught to accept a lot Everything. of irrationality and, and stuff like Everything, that. Everything, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the government school system, you know, that's that's a whole other deal, too, you know, in the, in the beginning as far as destroying nuclear families and making schools the authority figures over parents and making, you know, students and the friend system more the family than the actual family unit at home. So I think that there's been a lot well, students of, you know, don't have too many friends sort of, there either. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of bullying that well, goes on. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I'm not yeah. saying that this guy doesn't need to be held responsible. I think it's, it's, it would be horrific if he wasn't charged. I think that's, it's, it's murder. You know, it's, it's murderous. So, um, you know, regardless, but I just want to point out that I think people tend to forget 
that, you know, everybody is under this incredible bombardment of, of poison and, and pollution in their environment of levels we've never, ever before experienced. All right, Carly, so, thanks, for, thanks a lot for the, your thoughts tonight. I appreciate you're welcome. the call. And yeah, she brings up a really interesting point, something that we've discussed before on the show, Mark, about free will. And it's like, you know, if somebody has a tumor that's secreting a hormone, like there's a certain type of tumor that secretes adrenaline, basically, Mm -hmm. and it makes your heart beat fast and your blood pressure rise. And sometimes people have these like rage attacks when they have these tumors. And a lot of times during these attacks, they'll commit violent crimes. And so the question is, are they... You know, how responsible are they, I guess, for their actions? It's a tough question to answer. I mean, to me, what, it, what what's clear is, is that they should have they should be responsible financially for what they've done. People need to be recompensed and that kind of thing. But it's a mitigating circumstance on their crime. And, you know, one might ask, you know, what kind of punitive damages as opposed to recomp- recompensatory damages um, they might. But what kind of punitive damage should, should they be charged and how long should they spend in, you know, whatever sort of confinement? Because societies, if you you know kill somebody, I don't care what kind of tumor you have. Society is going to demand some kind of incarceration. It seems to me, and to me, it's way more important that the victim gets restitution. I agree. I agree that that's a, a very important aspect of this. And yeah. um, you know, the fact is that it's a certain level of imprisonment, simply having to pay back for what you've done to other people. Sure. Sure. Or. You know, maybe if people felt really bad for the victims, they would take up a contribution fund to try to provide some kind of restitution or help to the victim or maybe try to get some help for the perpetrator, like get their tumor removed or get them some uh, psychological help. I think you'd find that. that there's going to be a lot less crime and a lot less to, to um, you know, sort of have to restitute for. If you get rid of the war, war on drugs, um, I mean, the war yeah. on drugs is mostly uh, the, the crimes that are committed around drugs, even the violent crimes, which is what I'm talking about here. If you if you just t- took the people who were in prison for a trying to get drugs, uh, you know, ha- possessing drugs, trying to buy drugs, transporting drugs, you know, all these things that are essentially nonviolent. And as far as I'm concerned, a person with a gun on them transporting drugs, armed trafficking is still nonviolent. He hasn't shot anyone or she. But um, yeah, it doesn't look particularly sympathetic. The but, burglaries, sure. the uh, the robberies, and all the things that have occurred because people want to get money to get these uh, drugs that are inflated. Be you know, just inc- the prices are inflated incredibly by the war on drugs. Aspirin doesn't cost that much. Yeah, I mean, when you go to the store. They can produce cigarettes. You don't see anybody. Very few people get robbed for liquor and cigarettes. Maybe liquor stores and cigarette places get robbed because these things are valuable commodities. But people are generally not getting robbed for, uh, you know, the purpose of getting some money to buy liquor and cigarettes. And I I agree with you, basically, with what you said, that it becomes a crime when there's a victim, right? That's the whole paradigm of restorative or restitutive justice versus punitive justice that we were discussing. So there has to be a victim in order for there to be some kind of a crime. And about the hormones thing and like their influence on people's behavior, I tend to come down and and think that, you know, they can strongly influence someone's behavior, but you are not a slave to your hormones and you're not a slave to your physiology. You're still responsible for your actions. You've harmed me. I'm owed and doesn't matter why it is. Um, You know, you've you've had a bad day. You've been drinking too much or you've got a tumor on your adrenal gland. Mm -hmm. I uh, you know, what does that make? You know, my car needs to be fixed or my kid's been hurt or killed or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to be recompensed. And, uh, you know, I understand that uh, people have whatever problems they've got, but that doesn't it doesn't 
it, it doesn't confront me. What confronts me is yeah. what you, the person who inhabit that body, have done. And mm-hmm. that person needs to, in whatever way, restitute. Well, that's just like if there's an accidental death, it's still a death. It's doesn't sure. matter what the intent was in that sense that if, somebody was still killed. If an accident is sufficiently negligent, I think that uh, people generally want some kind of uh, you know some kind of uh, incarceration or something. But I think that you know I think that people tend to let house arrest off as some kind of you know lesser offense. I don't know what it is, but house arrest would probably be a good way to handle a lot of these issues that they currently put people in you know bang in the butt prison for. <laughs> wow, your thoughts. On justice, how could justice be served in Trayvon Martin's case? Free will or anything else? It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. And there's more coming up in Hour 3. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are starting off Hour 3 of tonight's show. It's, of course, the Live Sunday edition. And I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. You can call the show tonight at 855-450-FREE. It's 855-450-3733. The show thrives on your thoughts being added to the conversation, so we welcome your calls. And, Mark, I know you have a story that you wanted to discuss about Afghanistan. This is really disturbing and shocking. But we do actually have a call on the line that I'd like to bring on first. Nick in Illinois would like to talk about something a little different, about a nose surgery. And, Nick, are you with us? Hello. Uh, More than a month ago, I called in and mentioned offhand that I'd been through surgery. It was a septoplasty, which was to fix my deviated septum. I remember that, yeah. I'll say up front that this story has a happy ending, but not in the way I expected. The effects that I was expecting from the surgery did not materialize. One of my biggest motivations for getting it is because I very rarely was able to breathe through both sides at once, or if I ever had, I never noticed, at least in my adult life. Hmm. After the surgery, there have been a few times where I've had full airflow, but 90 plus percent of the time, I still do the majority of my breathing through just one side. Now, Nick, I just want to stop you for a minute. As I understood it, that happens to everybody. Like they, I, I've heard that humans just periodically switch nostrils, like once every four hours or something like that. Have you ever heard that? No, I've I've never heard of that. But that's sort of the conclusion I was coming to. I mean, I'm you know, breathing you through both thing, nostrils right now. Yeah, I think I'm breathing through both nostrils, but maybe it just feels like that. I've had <laughs> surgery like this before, and I had constricted, uh, you know, nasal passages or whatever, mm-hmm. just uh, fl- swelling, and and you know, it worked for me. I can take a full breath of air, and I wasn't able to at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe one predominates every four hours or something like that. Probably. Anyway, true. Nick, go on. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. 
However, what the surgery did fix was a number of problems I hadn't really even paid attention to. Uh, it used to be that I would get congested all the time, and for the longest time I just assumed that I was naturally prone to sicknesses of the nose for whatever reason. Hmm. Since the surgery, I have not been congested a single time when it used to be that I would become significantly congested all the way up to full stoppage one or multiple times every single day of my life, wow. most, prominently, most prominently when I lie down to go to sleep, which is where I see the most significant improvement. Sure. Mm-hmm. So the one, so the one big cathartic moment of happiness of drawing in a, a big solid breath through both nostrils at once, like all the other septoplasty stories I've ever heard, never happened to me. <laughs> but I think that what the surgery actually fixed was the more important thing. And so, what was the? I mean, so yeah, what was the more important thing? Breathe at night. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it used to be that when I would lie down to to go to sleep. You know, if I was on one side, then the whichever side was on the bottom would get completely stopped up and it would be annoying. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I would get uncomfortable on that side and I would roll over. And then I'd have to wait for it all to transfer over to one side and I would briefly have both of them blocked. And I'd have to oh. breathe through my mouth for several minutes. So I'm That's wondering, like, is, know, there, I, is there a greater point to the story that everybody's going to benefit from? Or are you just calling to say that, hey, you know, this worked out for me? Uh, the... Well, uh, actually, the greater point is that um, with things like surgery, mm-hmm. um, you don't always know what you're going to get. Sure. Yeah. But but if sometimes you, don't you get, get dead. Ex- <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you wouldn't die from a septoplasty. But you never know. It's you true. Be you the could. Only, you you be absolutely the first could. Is it general anesthesia, Nick? Oh yeah. Or? Yeah, it was general anesthesia. Okay. Yeah, but. Um, because you know, sur- surgery is a scary thing, and yeah. there are a lot of calculations that people make going into them. And I think it's important to realize that uh, uh, you don't always go in expecting. Uh, you don't always know what it's going to fix when you come out of it. Things are going to be different. But in my case, every surgery I've had, and I've only had three, uh, two big ones, and then a wisdom tooth surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've come out of it with significant improvements and not always the ones I was expecting. Interesting. Yeah. Thanks, Nick, for the call. Do appreciate that. I'm glad you're feeling better. He did sound less congested, actually. Because you're a medical student, people just want to tell you about their uh, the medical stuff. Well, it, it is interesting. And, you know, sure. I think he one thing that I wanted to add to what he said was that I think a person's attitude really does determine a lot of how happy they are with the outcome at least or how they perceive their outcome after they have some kind of medical procedure. Like if they're expecting to get some benefit out of it, that influences what they perceive as having gotten out of it, you know? Right. I would absolutely agree. And if they're expecting, hard to argue that, right? If they're <laughs> expecting it to, you know, if they're kind of grousing about it and that, yeah, this isn't going to turn out well, then, well, it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. So. It's expensive, and it depends on what you paid paid for it, and you know what you're hoping to get, and you know expectations are important aspects of this. Yeah. Okay, Mark, I want to hear about Afghanistan. What happened there? Yeah, there's an interesting uh, story, and this is what I predicted last week when we talked about the um, the, the U.S. soldier. So the story that we are getting this side of uh, the Atlantic is that there's a U.S. soldier that uh, went mad in Afghanistan and killed 16 people, including children, um, executing them in this uh, you know this town, um, mm. and you know whatever. Yeah, we read that last Sunday, didn't we? They've given up his name now, and they brought him okay. back to the United States, and Afghanis are pretty upset about it and that kind of thing. But I would what, and, you know, there was a little bit of rumblings that this was this was a uh, 
an exercise, an actual military exercise that went poorly and that they're you know, using this guy as a scapegoat. And this is what's being said by people over there on the ground. And so this was potentially orchestrated by the U.S. military. I, that's what the story the military is. exercise. I'm not going to claim to know which side of which one of these things is true. I can tell you that certainly well, how could we know I mean, a, a special forces team went into Afghanistan a couple of years ago and uh, shot up. I think it was nine kids at a private school thinking that this was a terrorist training camp. That was the news story. I don't know if it was a terrorist. Tra- who knows? Right. Yeah. Like the if the U- United States government gets to say who's a terrorist and who isn't and then they execute them. So there's no trial. And as if these trials would be fair anyway so you've got this mm-hmm. funny situation mm-hmm. and what my claim is is that there's no business of the united states military over in afghanistan and the stories are only going to get worse the united states credibility is going to get worse as time goes by 100 percent and yeah. that it doesn't matter whether you think whether you're scared of the, the the womb of terrorism that afghanistan might be or not it doesn't matter whether you're scared of that what matters is is that the united states is losing a great deal of money uh you know human capital uh, time and the fact and goodwill. is the goodwill yeah. of nations around the world and here's the story you can take it for what it's worth but this is what people some people believe especially in the middle east some of those people are going to be willing to kill you and your children because of this story i'm going to read it to you now U.S. soldiers were, this is from Rawa.org, and uh, this is the story coming from over there. U.S. soldiers were alleged to have sexually assaulted two female victims before they were killed in the Panjawi massacre in southern Kandahar last Sunday. This is the one we're talking about. The high-level Afghan probe team revealed. The Wolesi Jagars, or Lower House of Parliament, delegation investigating the Kandahar shootings by U.S. troops said that besides killing 16 civilians, anybody remember that number? The U.S. soldiers sexually assaulted them. On the ill-fated Sunday, U.S. troops shot 16 civilians, including nine children and three women, injured five others when they opened fire on houses in Jagadabad village in Punjawi district. Some of the victims' bodies were later set on fire. The Wolesi Jagara members, that's the, the parliament house, uh, jointly probing the Punjawi episode along with uh, a government team on Saturday, presented their chilling findings to the general session of parliament. MP Hamdai Lawi, uh, representing Kandahar province and a delegation member, said before the gun attack, U.S. US soldiers physically manhandled two women and later turned their weapons on Helpless residents. Uh, Shakaba Hamashi, another delegation member, confirmed the vicious attacks, adding about 15 or 20 American soldiers were involved in the killings and even helicopters were seen hovering above the area. Oh, my. Yeah, there's some evidence. Quoting uh, local residents. Well, that's not evidence. It's just at this point. It's it's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit to American citizens. These are a bunch of uh, backwoods, stone aged heathens saying that uh, our good boys and green have done uh, some terrible things. Well, of course they're saying that. They're evil Muslims. So this is how this news is going to be looked at over here. And I wouldn't claim to know. But I've got more to read here. We'll get back into this in a moment. 855-450-FREE if you have thoughts that you'd like to share. This is Free Talk Live. More on this tragedy coming up. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, it's the Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. And your calls are welcome at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We'd love to hear what's on your mind tonight. We've been discussing an article about Afghanistan, uh, sort of a different perspective on some recent happenings there where there was uh, a spate of killings, I guess is the best way I could describe it. I've heard it called massacre. Lots of people are very upset about this. And we've actually got Jeff on the line in New York, and he wants to talk about what's been going on so uh, in Afghanistan. Jeff, are you with us? I sure am. Hi, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm not a radio uh, call-in type guy, but uh, you, know, you kind of uh, touched a nerve with me this, with this story tonight. It's on the uh, uh, following on the, uh, the heels of the, the Marine. I believe it was a Marine that, uh, that went berserk over there. Uh, but we... Well, as a, as a free country, as what was one time... Uh, well, I just want to be... Probably, before you go on, I, I, I want to make a point here. This is the same story, okay? okay. The, the, there's I, different I, sides to the story. Some pe- oh. people over there are claiming that this was actually a government hit of uh, 15 to 20, uh, you know, Marines or whatever, troops. Right. And, um, you know, the story is that this guy, you know, went was a lone gunman. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, that, that certainly does make a difference. But I think part of the point that I, uh, I need to make is we as a country have lost so much faith, faith in the rest of the world with uh, imperialism, with an awful lot of uh, uh, in-your-face stuff. Uh, I, think, uh, I think it's tragic that from what we used to be a world power, everybody looked up to us as being the savior of the world and, uh, you know, an ideal uh, lifestyle. And today we've got a, most countries or many countries, especially in the Middle East, we've got to hide. Because we're Americans, we're hated, we're despised. I can't blame some of the uh, the Muslims and the Afghans, uh, you know, for hating us. A lot of people claim when they go abroad, claim to be Canadian or something in order yeah. to uh, not be cl- called American. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's getting harder true. and harder to go abroad too. So there you go. <laughs> that's true, but there's another side too, and I think it's the uh, freedom of the press has an awful lot to do with inciting. Press. You know, I uh, I look at the there's uh, a time number maybe two years ago, where uh, uh, they flushed the Koran down the toilet. Uh, you may remember that story. Actually, there was recently some burnings of the Koran, if I remember well, but, correctly. But I think this was a Gitmo. Yeah. That was, the, that was in the library, right. You're right, it, it was a Gitmo. Mm-hmm. And what happened, well, that's a, a very, inc- it will incite just about everybody, Americans and Muslims, because when the newspapers or, or the big press picks up on this stuff, starts throwing it out, you know, what do we expect as a reaction? Uh, it may have been an, incident, an isolated incident, but it, it now has come to be the reflection of us as a people. And I think that's what's really tragic. 
Yeah, and it you know these these things certainly are isolated incidences to the American public. They're like, oh well, gosh, you know, crime's going to happen. You know, just going to happen. Yeah, if you want to make an omelet, you got to break a few and, eggs, right? And you know, and it's true. If you put troops in some location, some of those troops are going to go uh, uh, run amok. Mm-hmm. I mean, just ask any of the uh, the historical conquerors that tried to keep their troops from sacking a city when they defeated it. One, they can't stop it once it starts. They couldn't stop it. Now, obviously, I don't think U.S. troops are sacking too many cities anymore um, in the uh, in in the the harshest sense of that uh, that word. But you know, you put troops on the ground sooner, somebody's going to get raped. Somebody's going to get killed. Yes, absolutely. That's what happens in war. And I think Jeff has brought up another really yeah. good point uh, about collectivism and that the fact that you know th- there becomes these collective identities like uh, Americans, us, and we we use the pronouns us and we, and it's like all Americans are lumped together. And people in the Middle East see what happens with these soldiers and maybe events like the recent ones with the uh, the the spate of killings, and they say, well, this is representative of all Americans. And I feel so uh, I really dislike being lumped in with that. You know, I. I would love to see peace. I don't think those people should be there. And the, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think the American troops should be in the Middle East in the first place. And so, yeah, please don't lump me in with that. If there was something more I could do about it, I I would. Yeah, that's and one really does wonder what does one do about it. Yeah, I guess speaking out is is one of the best, best things thing that we can do. do. And Jeff, well, think, you know, yeah, go ahead. There's another situation too. It's kind of in the same vein. Uh, if Saddam Hussein was such an, an ogre and such a tyrant, his own people would have, over a period of time, ejected him. That's, that's historical. Uh, why do we have to go in and impose our will on everybody? That uh, you know, Obviously, there's a lot of oil interest there and financial interest, but you know, why don't we learn to take, take our, own, our local problems or national problems, deal with them, and let the world take care of a lot of their other problems? Sure, there's times we need to get involved, the humanitarian times. Uh, I don't even I don't even know if humanitarian People missions call, are well accomplished. The Saddam thing humanitarian. Yeah, but, I mean, I mean I what you have to do is you have to look at these circumstances and say how good is the United States at the United States is really good at going in and defeating foreign militaries. But it's not very good at doing whatever it takes to create stability and uh, you know strong inner workings of governments afterwards so maybe it should just leave that task to the civilians on the ground there nobody got involved in our revolution maybe we shouldn't get involved in other people's yeah and jeff jeff thanks so much for your thoughts tonight really do appreciate that we've got another call on the line somebody who wants to respond to what jeff was saying and i'd like to bring him on it's greg in nashville greg are you with us hey guys listen i didn't want to i really didn't want to say anything so about what you're talking about, other than I don't think we should be in Afghanistan, but the guy had mentioned that um, the guy going berserk was a Marine, and then one of your um, announcers or whatever said something about it being the Marine Special Forces. None of those guys involved in this mess was Marines. I just want to try to know that. Greg, I'm sorry, can you just speak directly into your phone, please? We're having a little bit of trouble hearing you. Yeah, I was just saying that the guy, the caller that called in said the guy that went berserk over there was a Marine. He was not a Marine, and none of the uh, units involved in this uh, recent master or whatever were marine units. 
Okay, okay. So, yeah, I knew he was a sniper. I didn't know if he was a Marine sniper or what he was. The guy seemed to know, so I, I was not going to speak to it. You know, I know that uh, within the different agencies, you know, soldiers, uh, Marines, airmen, um, sailors, they, you know, they, they, they like to make their distinctions. Sure, but a lot of people do just see them as, as an arm military. of the military, right? right? <laughs> yeah, and Greg, I, well, I do appreciate your, your well, saying that you think that, you know, the U.S. should not be in Afghanistan in the first place. It's nice to know that you feel that way. Well, I mean, I think that there was other ways to handle it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that we should have just. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just saying that, you know, I, I'm a former Marine, and you know, I just don't want to hear you know Marines get blamed for things that they didn't do. And that's all I was calling him about. Got yeah, I, I can, I can relate to that, Greg. Although, do you, you do see that a lot of people are just going to blame all Americans for this, right? I mean, and you are. Oh yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah. yeah, yeah. The collectivism that goes uh, goes on everywhere. It's it's all the same. Yeah, and, you know the. And Greg, thanks for the call tonight. Do you appreciate thanks, your Greg. thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same here as it is everywhere. You know, you try to make distinctions between people, but yeah, I'll tell you, a lot of people in the Middle East are still talking about a thousand-year-old, uh, uh, you know, crusades and that kind of thing. So right. they tend to to collectivize just with the color. Yeah, those historical scars run really deep, and like we've been saying all night, Mark, and all, and all throughout the Sunday show, when you start to think of people as others and you put them in these in groups and out groups, that's when things start to get really nasty. It's Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE if you want to lend your thoughts to the discussion. More is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Live Sunday edition. And it's Stephanie with you. And Mark. Call us at 855-450-FREE. It's 855-450-3733. And bring up whatever's on your mind. We're going to finish off this story about Afghanistan, aren't we, Mark? Yeah, this is, uh, and this is talking about the uh, the, the situation uh, that occurred last week in Afghanistan regarding the uh, the one um, the sniper guy that went you know sort of crazy and yeah. killed sixteen people. Now, there's another story circulating over there, and that is that this was in fact a U.S. strike, and there's mm-hmm. no shortage of stories where you know some bad intelligence came down and. The wrong place gets gets hit. I mean, you know, you hit enough places, you can hit the wrong place sooner or later. Hmm. This is an inevitability. And you tend to be a little less careful about that when you're in a war and you believe you think of the other people as essentially objects as expendable. Right. Well, there's been a lot of critique about the young men that are going over there and and fighting and that, um, you know, that perhaps the United States needs a, um, you know, one one, uh, force for conquering other nations' armies and another force for sort of keeping the peace in these nations while they rebuild and that kind of thing. That the army is being used essentially as a a police force and Mm -hmm. that's it's always a it's a bad idea to to hire the butcher as a sous chef right (laughs) so you know i mean that yeah and it's good it's a good idea to have this overpowering force if you need it in that circumstance fine dandy okay but employing it in the wrong way is going to have uh you know bad consequences there's always going to be um you know well i I question whether force can ever really be used to bring peace or to bring 
uh, humanitarian improvements like the the last caller was suggest suggesting. I just think that like the ends have to be the means and the ends have to be compatible, right? So how here, do you bring peace by force? The uh, the local politicians in Afghanistan are saying that they have evidence that uh, that in fact it was a troop of about uh, 15 to 20 American soldiers, um, mm. that there are helicopters seen hovering in the area. Quoting local residents, Hashami said uh, ahead of the Sunday tragedy there was a blast in the area and foreign troops had warned of revenge killings. The Afghan parliamentarian strongly condemned the incident and demanded a public trial for the perpetrators. U.S. officials claimed a mentally unstable soldier was responsible for the killings. And this, by the way, supports what the, uh, the, the last caller said, that it was not a Marine, because usually they're not going to call a Marine a soldier. But sometimes they will. I mean, it shows the press doesn't, you know. Uh, yeah, the, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> as, as, as much. I mean, you know, certainly the press has a better finger on it than probably the average person they, does. They with, know a lot more than we do, for but sure. But I would say that folks in the military care the most about who these labels are. Um, but, yeah. you know, I'm most not saying people, that I don't most care. Most people I think are going to collectivize the military military all in with each other and they're going to collectivize the actions of the military in with all americans right yep. yeah the, the actions of the government as uh, the actions of americans yeah and it says that uh, they, they pledged to uh, put him on trial recent media reports said that the suspect in his late 30s was initially transferred to kuwait and later flown to the u.s where he's being interrogated so this shows the difference in these t- these two stories are huge yeah and over there in afghanistan the parliamentarians are talking this is the story that has legs over there and americans don't know they don't know Mm. they're busy thinking about other things this war is not real to them but it's very very real to the afghanis the afghanis believe that u.s troops including helicopters they can't ignore it it's right in their faces right and killed killed and sexually molested women and children right there and are getting away with it that's what they believe and i can't blame people for not wanting to hear about this it is depressing You know, it is really depressing to read about these kind of stories, especially when you feel powerless, like there's nothing you can really do about it. The average American citizen largely is powerless about, uh, you know, making making the stop. But and, you know, sadly, the American press isn't going to push this particular story. And this is hugely important. Mm -hmm. Americans have no idea why do these countries that we're trying to help hate hate us us so much. For our freedom, Mark, because of Coca-Cola and Britney Spears. I I don't know what they think, um, you know, but they, 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 you know, the hate us because we're a Christian nation. (laughs) People tend to think those things. No, they really do. They really think all of those things. Well, uh, some people think that, but not everybody thinks that. They wonder, well, why do they want us out of there so badly? Why, why, why? And then they're driven into the arms of the jingoists that say, oh, well, those uh, foreigners, they hate us for our freedoms. They hate Britney Spears and Coca-Cola and all this. So we got to liberate them. Well, they think the best way to solve the problem, and I've heard it time and time again, is bomb the place to glass. Oh, my that no yeah. create, create <laughs> Sorry. a holocaust bigger than the, uh, the 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 Nazis were ever able to in order to solve the problem. That's what some people their minds run to. I hope nobody who's listening thinks that. But if you are, for 855-450-FREE, certainly would like to discuss it with you if that's what you think. And uh, let's go to the phone lines. We've got Ed in Tennessee. He wants to talk about Trayvon Martin. Ed, are you with us? How y'all doing tonight? All's Wonderful. Well. Tell us what's on your mind. Hey, uh, that's why I call y'all show and tell you I don't, guns don't need them, don't want them. Mm. I'm not going to live the 1% philosophy of uh, Dick Cheney and Ian. Uh, <laughs> You know, there's Dick, a lot of things. Dick, what's you know, the philosophy of Dick Cheney? 
and Ian. Yeah, and they, they live the one percent philosophy. If it can happen, if it has a one percent chance. They're concerned. I see. I see. Well, hold okay. on. Um, now, are, did you say Ian? I mean, yeah, Ian, I know. Well, this... I called one day and we were talking about guns and all that stuff. I, told I him, heard I don't that. Want yeah. them. I don't need them. Here, here on Free Talk Live, I support your. Do you support other people's rights to own them, Ed? Yeah, if they, okay. if they want them, I, I don't know why they'd want them. Hey, you can't have all these shootings going on if you don't like me. Like I told you on that show. I can't shoot you with a gun because I don't have one. I, I'm with you, and uh, you I, know, I understand where you're coming from. I, I huh? see why you might not want to have a gun in your family at in your home. I've got that, and I understand. And I think right. you should be free not to have them, as you right. are free to have them. But uh, you know, I mean, hey, I, hey Mar, hey Mar, let me interrupt you because you said you're a Quaker. Uh, did you know when they wrote the Second Amendment, all they had special clauses for Quakers because you know they made everybody have a gun in the home. You had to keep it up and all that stuff. But wow. Quakers said they didn't want a gun. They right. didn't want a weapon. Well, that's not entirely. Quakers certainly did some hunting. What they didn't want to do was serve in the militia and that they would have to pay a tax and have somebody serve in their state. Right. Well, maybe I should say some kind of handgun or something, maybe a long rifle. But And another thing, you know, like this uh, Trayvon Martin shooting. Yeah. Listen, this, here in where I live, and which which is it's classified as so-called violent, uh, you know, Tennessee in the South, a lot of poverty blacks, uh, drug wars, y'all know about. Listen, we've had three unarmed black men killed within about nine months. This was wow. about two years ago. Now, now, listen to this. Terrible. One was running. He gets shot in the back. But now that officer did get two years, I think. Well, two years serve. isn't really what you could expect oh, for somebody it. who wasn't a police officer, right, who did the well, same exact to the, thing. Listen to these other two. This guy is on his knees taking everything out of his pockets, throwing them up on the hood of the car like the officer told him, Ugh. he gets shot five times Ugh. on his knees. And there's witnesses in stores and stuff. He gets pulled over right there on a little busy uh, the bypass there. And then we uh, Ed, one. I just feel queasy when I hear about these stories. I just, I really want to tune it out. I really don't want to hear about it or think about it because it's just so... Well, Stephanie, can... the good thing is it's rare and, and crimes and stuff are going down, but... Yes, violent crime is going if down. You're, if you're brown and black skin, look, you know how I hear a lot of white people say, talk about they're being unfairly treated and all that. What a huh. joke. Yeah, that I is completely laughable. agree. They have they, totally laughable. Yeah. I mean, well, look I at these, this guy's on his knees, gets shot five times. Get shot five times. Yeah. The other guy is running, has no weapon. These are all unarmed men, just like the Trayvon. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't this support is, anybody be, being treated unfairly no. and under any circumstance. No, but we can have empathy for little, people when it's like small, there certainly. are there are ex- obvious examples all the time of institutionalized racism and just how, especially with the the prison system and the police and how people of color are treated compared to white people. Hey, hey Stephanie Martin, listen, it was in the paper the other day. Uh, let's see, here's the date, uh, March sixth. Black students punished more. Data suggests black that. students, especially boys, face much harsher discipline in public schools. Now listen to this. Sounds Did like the history of seven? slavery is uh, alive and well, and I, I would hey, love that to this. change. Ed, Ed, we're short on time, but thanks seven for the call out of tonight. Seven black women have no mates. Ed, we're... That's the fault of welfare. Okay. Ed, I'm going to hold yep. you on because I want to talk about this a little bit more. Hold, hang on the line if you wouldn't mind. I was going to drop him, but he grabbed me with, with my attention... 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. More coming up. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. We are kicking off the last segment. So if you want to call us, you're going to have to do it quick at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. If you're thinking about, say, starting your own business, you probably should uh, look at incorporation with LegalZoom.com. You can do all kinds of legal things with LegalZoom.com. It's a it's a website where, you know, they're, they're not lawyers over there, but they were started by lawyers. And they will handle common legal documents like patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs, living trusts. A lot of the, the, the documents that you need, you can get at LegalZoom.com. You can use coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live and save 10 bucks off your order. Next time you need to have a legal document, LegalZoom.com. Use coupon code FTL. All right, Mark. Well, thanks for that. And I'd like to go back to Ed in Tennessee. We were speaking with him in the last segment. And Ed, you said something at the end of your call. You were originally called in about guns, but then you said something about uh, basically single motherhood. I, I wonder if you'd expand on that a little bit. Yeah, it was in, it's been in Wall Street Journal, a lot of different paper, uh, newspapers. That, mm-hmm. And I read in the Week magazine that seven out of ten black women have no mates. Okay, so what does that, I mean, what does that what are the Even consequences? Incarceration. I see. Okay, because they there are so many mates. black men available. in jail because right. the the system see, is extremely available. biased against them. Yeah. Well, and secondly, right. um, they've you know for oh. of as a percentage of people that self-identify as black. Now, I'd choose not to have a race for myself, but for people that choose to use that terminology, Do you choose not to have a gender too. No, no, I like I my gender just fine. Um, but uh, you know, I I think that this race thing is too divisive and whatever. I don't find too many people divided over gender. Some people are. But there's a, some people are. They are a fraction of a percent. Um, I whereas, agree with you that race is arbitrary. Yeah, race is very arbitrary. It's very gender, arbitrary. Much, much easier to, uh, to, to distinguish. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. But uh, the, go ahead. Right. We're, we're, you're talking about fractions of a percent here. <laughs> I don't know so, about that. Uh, you think that uh, a herma- lot of people hermaphrodites are, are a larger no, no. Than a 1%? hermaphrodite is a technical term which means someone has both uh, reproductive organs. Right. But we said that um, that we were just talking about whether or not it was distinguishable. Right. And, I'm talking. About androgynous people. Gender is definitely a spectrum. Don't you agree? I mean, there are some people who really look closer to the middle and some people who really look closer to both ends. I think you could probably take their pants off and tell. So let's talk <laughs> That's about sex. That's let's not talk gender. about race. As a <laughs> as a people who identify as um what? Uh, as people who identify as uh black, among them Go they on, are Mark. more likely to take welfare. Welfare is less likely to help you if you are um, in a family relationship, if you have a you know a, a person a, a male living in the home, so therefore they're incentivized by the government. Secondly, not only are their men incarcerated, but they're incentivized by the, by the government not to have them. Ed, uh, now it, it's it's the mass incarceration. Ed, seven out of ten black males are not locked up. Seven out of ten black males are not locked up. No, but I mean, up. okay. Oh no, First no, of but all, about one third. One third of them are 
in a no. certain age category. Okay. Yes, the young. Them. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a quarter of uh, black males between the ages of uh, what sixteen and twenty four were either well, incarcerated or on probation. So well, maybe this this paint a little picture for you. Black males make up six percent of the population in the United States. Thirty five percent of arrests for drugs, but they make up. Seventy-four percent of those incarcerated for drugs. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, 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 see, Mark, believe me, I'm not going to say otherwise. Charge, as y'all probably know, it, you're, they call it you're you're in the box. Then you can murder somebody, rape somebody. You can still get student loans, student housing, and stuff like that. No matter mm. if you agree or not. But once you get this drug charge, you're in a box. And see, that's what Michelle Alexander's saying. We have created a caste system, yeah. not class. But cast, yeah, they're permanently blocked out. No job. What are they going to do? And, well, hey, Ed, and, I'm really and, glad. And Stephen, I want to tell you, yeah, Michelle Alexander's going to be in Nashville Monday and Tuesday, and guess what? She's finally figured out. What's you that? You have to go to the black churches. They have been the hindrance. The black churches have not been. They they don't see it, but now they're starting to due, due to wow. her. What is uh, I'm, I'm really, Michelle Alexander? The one who wrote that New York Times piece earlier this week about uh, taking not taking a plea deal, crashing mm. the justice yeah, her, system. Her book, her Another, new book is the New Jim Crow. Yeah, mass incarceration in like the age of color blindness. Yeah, hey, you ought to and, check that and, out, Stephanie. I I would love to, and thank you for so much for okay. for Thanks speaking y'all. out. I got this. Thanks, Ed. All right, <laughs> All right we'll we'll go to um, Alex in Nashville. Wants to talk about revolution. Alex, are you with us? How you guys doing tonight? All's Wonderful. Well. Great. No, I'm calling from Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. The uh, thing you said earlier, Mark, about that no one helped America, the colonialists, in the, uh, in the revolution. I know France helped us, and uh, Spain and, and the Dutch also helped us. And a we all little know, bit. Help, help the, uh, I mean, you're talking about well, being able to buy weapons um, is one thing. I mean, you know, it's not like the France dropped down too, too many troops on American soil, right? Oh, there were a few, yes. Yes. Not, not too many in in the New England states. Yes, not in the southern. No, I, I I'm not familiar with it. You know, I'd need to see more. I'm I'm not going to say that you're wrong, but um, you know, the the ability to buy weapons for what was essentially a you know a, a, a place that was unable to produce them. They you know didn't have can, cannon foundries and things like that was certainly important. And you know, it's one thing to be able to sell people that want to protect themselves weapon. It's another thing entirely different than go over there, decide how their government's going to look and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. start wiping out, uh, you know, civilians and uh, people on the ground. Uh, but I know they're, that's not they're what They're both you're still about. getting involved, though, right? What's that? I mean, both are still ways to get involved with a conflict, right? Oh, I guess I guess there are ways to get involved. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, somebody's always going to be w- willing to sell somebody else weapons, as evidenced by U.S. companies that are out S- there. Selling weapons is sort of a, a sign that you're... You have a stake in it, though, right? Well, like, um, sometimes they'll choose one, to the United sell States weapons. was selling to both sides. Um, that, yeah. But uh, Germany was having more difficulty getting uh, uh, boats over here, and they were getting sunk and that sort of thing. So they just, you know. You, some, had, some, you had Germans that lived here, and like the German states here, that supported the colonials. You know, so they, they were helping some of the colonial uh, soldiers as well. So not, you had Germany split. You had a lot of German citizens living here in the state, uh, the, the colonies. And then you had the mercenaries, the Hessians, on the British side. So you had a divided group there. So, yeah, we had – there were there was plenty of assistance from France, Spain, and, and the Dutch on the colonial side. Then you had a few Germans, yes, living in the uh, German states here. But you also had the Hessians who were helping the British on the other side. So yeah, they were paid I for. I mean, I was about your statement when you said 
that you know we didn't have any help in our revolution, but indeed we did. Oh, I'd like to see more about it. I mean, you can email me oh, at mark sure. at freetalklive dot com. I haven't read a great deal uh, about about that. Yeah, Alex okay, is a history great. buff. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Anything else, Alex? That's, just want to add that in. All right, thanks for the call tonight. Thanks. I'd like to know what percentage of the popula- percentage of uh, you know troops on the ground these uh, these other folks were, but you know I know that France helped in the sale of weapons and that that kind of thing. There was uh, some money changed mm-hmm. hands, but you know. It I got to be completely honest. It's not my particular interest. I understand a lot of people are real interested in history, sure. but my eyes kind of glaze over a little bit. It, admittedly, and the United States started fighting a revolution before they got the help. And mm-hmm. this is this isn't what's going on. Well, well, when we get there, we'll just kill all those uh, bad Iraqis and then the Iraqis will throw flowers at us. It'll be awesome. Yeah. And frankly, that happened for a little while. And then did it really or was that just like bias in reporting? I imagine imagine if you're the Shiites and you just took the the Sunnis and they just took the United States government, just took your oppressors out of power. You're going to love that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's all tribal systems there. Uh, You know, the best solution for Iraq was uh, off the table before the United States ever went in, which is to create three different places, you Mm -hmm. know, a Sunni Astana, Shia Astana, which would essentially line up with uh, um, with uh, Iran anyway. And, um, you know, of course, a Kyrgyzstan, Kurdistan, so someplace where these people could have their own country and their own, you know, when you see straight lines on a map, you're going to have a problem. Sure, yeah, because that means it's an artificial border, right? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that means somebody just drew it with a a ruler out there and uh, you're trying to make those folks live together. You're going to have a democracy and it's going to go well. Usually, usually it's some invading troop of white people that drew with a ruler on the map, though, right? uh, Well, in today's current culture, yeah. I mean, colonialism is a great example, too, in Africa. You know, where the Dutch and there was a lot of different European colonialism and just the effects that it's had on Africa. That continent to this still day. hasn't managed to uh, get out of uh, the, yeah, you know, that problem. Exactly. And people think in terms of countries um, and, you know, you can see for, with Sudan right now that, you know, <laughs> countries aren't necessarily countries at all. They're just places that uh, some, you know, some folks decided to belong together. Mm-hmm. Some folks that had no real business making that decision. You know, countries may make sense when you self-select for a particular geographic area, as many people in the United States did. Well, yeah, I think, and I think that happens anyway, right? Like there are regions and stuff in the U.S. and other parts of the world that are distinct from countries where there are certain, I don't know, things in common. Certain industries are more prevalent, or maybe people share certain cultural roots or something like that. But at the end of the day, arbitrary borders that are put in place by states uh, don't seem to serve anybody's needs very well. They're getting harder and harder to cross these days, too. Absolutely. This is Free Talk Live, and we're done for tonight, and we'll be back next Sunday. In the meantime, visit freetalklive.com. And this has been Stephanie and Mark, and we thank you for listening to the show tonight. Have a good week. <laughs>